What's up all, Aaron, but not that Aaron here to tell you about Sifpop Writer's Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for Sifpop.com providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sifpop Writer's Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sifpop Writer's Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first. Welcome, everybody, to episode 88 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host. I'm a huge fan of his work. It's Grant Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? I'm, I'm honored that I have a fan, Phil. You know, there's very few people in this world who have not heard of the great Grant Youngsma. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, a, just a huge fan. I mean, check out my YouTube page <laughs> and everything that I do. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, at Grant Youngsma. Do you even own, like, a Twitter account? No. You have a Facebook. I have Facebook and Instagram. Oh, I didn't even do Instagram. And that's it. Yeah, I have a Twitter account that I use just to like like sign up for like giveaways. <laughs> like I've I I I've never I don't even know what the handle is. Uh actually I do I did I just now remembered it, but I'm not going to give it all on the show because <laughs> there's literally no reason to follow me on Twitter. I I think I've t- tweeted like maybe five things and most of them have been like retweets or whatever. Yeah. So I just I don't enjoy Twitter. I think it's like a really toxic place. Um it's kind of cool for like up to the minute news, but other than that I just don't care about yeah. anything that happens on Twitter. Yeah, the so. only interaction i ever have on twitter is with like sports news oh yeah because i mean twitter is usually kind of the besides espn that's kind of well a lot of the sports writers tweet about breaking news in the sports world so usually but there's also a lot of fake uh tweets that go out too so yeah yeah you gotta be careful about what you believe but um, I, the only time that I've like really ever been glued to Twitter is when I'm watching wrestling with mm. with Jack yeah. and you and others, and I want to see like instant fan reactions because mm-hmm. you know there's a million people tweeting about like what they just saw on yeah. the WWE network for some pay per view like WrestleMania or something, and it's kind of fun just to kind of see what the world is saying about a particular yeah big pop culture thing. But anyway. This is not the Twitter podcast. <laughs> this is the Disney Plus Reviews podcast. And if you're just joining us, uh, this is an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, we've been doing some What If. We did uh, the first episode of What If on the, well, actually two episodes ago because we we actually released two episodes in the same week last mm-hmm. week. We've never done that before. Uh, partially just to kind of catch up. We had a lot to catch up on after missing a week. Uh, but also because I wanted to talk uh, Bad Batch with our good friend Jake. And um, that conversation went longer than I expected it to, which is good. Like it was actually like a really f- full fleshed out conversation. I didn't want to cut it short. And our episode, I don't know if you saw this, Graham, but like if we had patched those two episodes together, it would have been like a three hour episode. 
And uh, so, yeah, there's no way we're going to do a three-hour yeah. episode. Uh, people just not tune in for that. So, yeah. Anyway, two episodes ago, which was only like a week ago, uh, we did What If Episode 1. We're talking about What If Episode 2 uh, today on the show. And then we're gonna, I think we're going to take a break from What If, come back in a couple weeks. We'll cover every episode of What If. So if you're just checking out us out because of What If conversation, uh, just know that uh, when we don't cover what if next, on next on the next episode in in the feed, that it's not like we forgot about it. We're just going to come back and talk about a couple episodes at a time um, after today. So that's what's going on uh, for the near future. Uh, but before we get into the topic of the week, we like to talk about uh, news that happened, Disney Plus related news. Uh, Grant, why don't you go first? What was a news article you want to talk about? Well, um, this news article isn't much of a surprise because. Um, if you dig deeper into the story, obviously Disney owns Marvel, but there is one particular property that they, well, now they have Fox too. There's one particular property that they really, really want, but haven't been able to get their fingers on yet. And that is Sony and news reports this week, uh, surface that Disney is once again, trying to buy Sony. For one thing and one thing only, Phil. <laughs> Do you know what that one thing is? I have a feeling it's Marvel related. <laughs> it is. <laughs> they want Spider-Man. And who wouldn't want Spider-Man at this point? Because literally, uh, Disney currently owns pretty much the whole Marvel Universe, except for Spider-Man. So, um, they're engaging Sony again, and... We shall see what comes of it. So this is a story that comes out comes up about about every year. Yeah. I, um, I'm seeing I did a quick Google search. I'm seeing some articles from a few days ago. You know what we just talked about. Um, we talked about or um, there's articles from 2019. I think last year was kind of an off year for news just in general. But uh, 2019, I remember reading stories about it in 2018. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of this recurring thing. Um, I think what's unique about it from the articles I've seen this week is that it's like the Spider-Man Far From Home is Sony's biggest grossing Spider-Man movie ever. Yep. Like the, the mm-hmm. more, most money they've ever taken from any one movie. They made over one b- billion with a B dollars on that one movie just Far From Home. And so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's that time where it's like, okay, he's he's never been more, the character has never been more valuable um, so why don't we sell now? Not you know now that we can get some more money from him. But what do you think they would pay for? Just not even for Sony. Like let's just say like Sony says we're only selling Spider Man and that's it. Like we keep everything else. What what do you think that one character is worth? I think it's worth a lot to Disney. It's kind of like I'd like to think of it as kind of the board game Monopoly, where at this point. Um, Spider-Man's literally that one character that they're away from owning the whole board. <laughs> so I feel like Spider-Man is worth a lot to uh, Disney. And I mean, honestly, you got to think that, I mean, Sony would accept their offer. Because, I mean, obviously Sony's still going to make money if they hold on to Spider-Man. But, I mean, I feel like Disney eventually is going to win out. But, I mean, I feel like the biggest reason why 
Disney keeps calling is Spider-Man. Obviously, they need that for their collection on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, we've already heard talks about how they, how Sony's kind of going to allow them to put those movies simultaneously on Disney+. Plus. We've, we haven't gotten official dates, but there have been stories that they are going to allow it. But I don't know. And it's kind of one of those things where how long do you hold on to this character? Yeah, it's it's clear. It seems clear to moviegoers, at least, that they're just not going to use this character outside of the MCU. Like, yeah. um, they they've tried it again and again, and it's 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 not. Those movies always make money. Like, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, doesn't matter. Like, those movies always profit, but they've never profited more than it than it's been with the MCU. Like, yeah, I feel like it's at its peak right now. Yeah. So, and if, it's, it's it's that's because of Kevin Feige and. Yeah. His, his guys. So I feel like if Sony wants to make the most money possible, it would probably be wise for them to sell. Yeah. Or at least sell some of it to where Disney can at least show it on its servers. Yeah. I, I think... I mean, But I don't know if it's a half and half or if it just has to be a full sell. Yeah, I think when... The, the big one for me where I was just like, oh my, like when I, w- when Disney was like clearly in, in control of like the transaction was when they bought Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, and we're like, we own Star Wars now. And so they paid Luke, Lucasfilm. I, maybe it was George Lucas himself. I, don't, I can't remember how it worked, but um, it was like just shy of $4 billion, yeah. which at the time was just like $4 billion. Like think about that number. Like you can't wrap your mind around yeah. $1 billion, let alone, you know, $100 million. $4 billion is just like, oh my gosh. And then like, um, you know, we've see, seen even bigger acquisitions recently like in the video game space and others. Um, the story from a couple of years ago, it was, I think, more in the kind of rumor mill, but people were hearing, overhearing that Sony might have wanted as much as $10 billion yeah. for Spider-Man back in 2019. I think it's probably, if that's what they thought they could get, and obviously didn't, it didn't work out, I almost wonder if they tried to get even more than $10 billion now, like yeah. 12 or $15 billion. And like to like to our our listeners that are listening to us throw these numbers out of like, that's crazy. Like who would ever pay that for one character? You can't think about just the money that they're going to make. Because let's say they make a billion off of every movie mm-hmm. and they put them in 15 movies over the next 20 years. Okay, that's they already got the, their money back, right? Um, once you total all the all the uh, revenue. Uh, plus, you know, DVD or I guess Blu-ray sales, yeah. and, uh, digital sales and stuff like that. And then that you don't even stop there because it's licensing for you know, serial commercials, um, you know, put Spider-Man's face on whatever they get. You know, if, if it's from the movie franchise, they get cuts of that. Um, you video know, games. Yeah. Video games. Uh, anything that's tied into the MCU, obviously they're going to get a cut of, or if they commission the, the work to be done. Um, and then like uh, action figures, uh, board games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it's an endless supply of money that they, they think, like a lot of people think that that Disney got all of their money back on Star Wars within like the first couple of years yeah. of just like think about that like in 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 like twenty four months they're like okay we made all of our money back like yeah. and then now of course everything that they do is just printing money so why wouldn't Disney want to do that like even if the I'm telling you even the price if the price tag is like twelve and a half billion dollars like to so that is like to me that's like insane but within five years ten years for sure they're gonna get all that money back and they're gonna. 
they're going to run this character through yeah. a lot in the next couple decades. Like if they had Iron Man for over a decade, how long do you think they're going to have Spider-Man? Like he's a lot of people consider it. And I think those people are right. Uh, Spider-Man to be the biggest Marvel character of all time. Like bigger mm-hmm. than Wolverine, bigger than Iron Man, bigger than Captain America. Like he has sold more. Spider Man has sold more comics, more has more had more appearances in the comic books and in movies than any other Marvel character ever. So it's not it's not an, it's not an easy conversation to have. Oh yeah, Disney should just buy Spider Man. You have to understand like how big this one character yeah. is. So. so I mean, but I mean, I feel like you're talking about two different companies here where. You got to think that Sony eventually will run out of steam. Yeah. Which, I mean, we've talked about this many times. Disney is pretty much a runaway train. I mean, you could see Disney being around for hundreds of years oh, to yeah. come. E- easily, yeah. And But, I mean, Sony, maybe not. So Sony doesn't, from what I've heard, Sony doesn't make a ton of money in all of their different... Um, uh, compartments of their business. Yep. So like they sell televisions, they sell movies, they sell video games and video game consoles. They, 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 you know, sell phones. They're in a lot of different markets. Mm-hmm. And some of those markets are actually uh, a little bit of a loss leader for them. Like they'll, they'll actually lose money in certain yep. years on certain products that they or you know, verticals that they have. And um, obviously they always make money off the Spider-Man character. They always make money off the PlayStation. PlayStation is like a really big money maker for them. Yeah. But um, like their movies, like sometimes take a loss, like t- mm-hmm. take a hit. Some sometimes they make a movie for two hundred million and it returns one hundred and twenty million or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I, I think I think Sony would be happy to make a ton of money off of a character that they may not be able to do very well on themselves. Yeah. So I don't think this is outside the realm of possibility at all. I think that's why it comes up in, as a rumor every year is because this is like a real possibility. I, I think Disney has the money and Sony has the need mm-hmm. and those things, those two things locking up. I, I don't think it'll, de- we'll definitely be around for it. Like you and I, like within our lifetime, we'll see Disney on that character. Oh yeah. So for sure. I would say so. Yeah. Interesting. I I'll be very interested to see in this new world of cinema where things just go straight to streaming and stuff like that. I'm interested to see, um, Disney holding more cards and just finally being able to make a play that like really means something in Sony just saying, fine, let's, let's just get it over with. So, um, so my story of the week is, uh, the star Wars visions trailer. Now this is really interesting. If you've not seen the trailer, uh, here's what I recommend. Pause the podcast and go watch it. Cause we're going to be talking about nonsense and you won't understand anything that we're referencing and like honestly the visuals of it I think is half of the surprise of Star Wars Vision so um, it's not like I'm you know we can really spoil a trailer but like hit pause I, I promise you like you'll enjoy this conversation better if you've seen it so hit pause go watch it come back um, that said the the Star Wars Visions trailer is crazy like it's it is nutso to watch um, if you've grown, especially if you've grown up with Star Wars to see this rendition of it it's just very very jarring so basically what it is if you just watched it or, or just aren't going to watch it it is basically think um, the like the anime version of Star Wars it's all in Japanese the show that's coming out and it's coming out soon by the way it's coming out in like a month it's late, late September mm-hmm. um, it is I think it's from seven different anime studios, which leads me to think that it's maybe seven episodes. 
And think of like What If or some kind of anthology type show, but Japanese anime. And it's, so it's like, what if Luke Skywalker was an anime character? What if Ray was like an anime bunny or whatever? Yeah. Um, you know, and all the animation styles look very different from each other. More, some of them are more, more cartoony. Some of them are more like adult anime looking. And uh, it's all, again, all in Japanese with subtitles. And it's just kind of a retelling of the Star Wars stories, like pod racing and all the scenes that you, you can think, the big scenes from Star Wars that you can think of are in there, but it's completely reimagined as a Japanese anime. Mm-hmm. It's clearly not going to be canon. It's, it's just kind of a fun thing that they probably just got some Japanese animation studios on board and say, hey, would you, would you take this movie and just, you know, animeify it? you know, for, for, you know, for this one, one shot episode yeah. of this crazy show that, that we want to do called Star Wars Visions. And, um, it's cool. Like it's not a mashup that I think a lot of fans are asking for, but there is a, there's an audience out there that I think will be super excited about it because they mm-hmm. love samurai kung fu kind of like genre. Yeah. And they also love Star Wars. And so this is like a big thing for them. I think, I'm not much into anime. I've watched a couple, a little bit of anime, but I'm not really big into it. And just Japanese in general, other than video games, doesn't really appeal to me. Um, but I love Star Wars so much that I will check this out yeah. just out of curiosity. So um, I don't know. My if I'm gonna guess, Grant, I'm gonna guess that you're probably not gonna watch this. Yeah, um, <laughs> I am not a huge anime fan, and I mean, honestly, at this point, I don't know. I didn't. I haven't watched the Clone Wars. Um, I take that back. I've watched like two episodes of the Clone Wars. Okay, and that kind of bored me. I haven't watched any of Bad Batch, and it was almost like if I wouldn't love Marvel as much as I do, I probably wouldn't even be watching What If. So I'm guessing I probably will not see this unless it's just amazing because. I'm I am not a huge anime fan to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, it's um But I mean, I think it I mean the trailer looks cool, just not something that I probably will spend time on watching. The trailer is a little frantic. It it cuts between like the seven di- seven different anime styles really jarringly. Mm-hmm. I I almost wish they had release like seven trailers, like 30 second trailers or something yeah. like that. So it's, it's a little confusing as you watch it, unless you've seen it multiple times, but there's some really cool shots in there. Like, um, you know, a, a traditional samurai, you know, with the armor, um, and everything. And, and then instead of, um, pulling out a, um, katana or something like that, he pulls out a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's such a weird, like visual mashup, but, um, it, like the music during the trailer is really cool. And, um, I'm actually reading that it's it's going to be nine episodes uh, from seven studios. So however that works, but um, and it uh, premieres on September 24th. So it's not even something we'll have to. By the time you're listening to this, it's it's maybe just a month, almost maybe down to the day yeah. uh, from from listening to this. So uh, it's coming to Disney Plus. It's just you know part of your subscription. No no premiere. Obviously, it's it's a a nine episode series. So uh, very interesting. Um, I, th- I guess they. Um, released it at the 2021 Anime Expo um, on Tuesday of last week. So Interesting. Yeah. And then this isn't really a news story, but it's just something... I didn't know where to put this in the show, so I, I thought I'd just talk about it here. I, I got to go to Planet Comic Con. Uh, we were going to try to do a live show at the con this year, and we just couldn't get in. I There was some confusion about how to sign up for a, pan, <laughs> a panel. I just uh, waited too long, and anyway, we couldn't get in. But I did go to the show just because I wanted to... 
I, I've never been to like just for fun. We've mm-hmm. always done like live shows, live panels for you know a couple different podcasts that Grant and I have been on, and it's always fun to go there and do a panel and be part of like the quote unquote press and stuff like that. Yeah. But I just went this time as just a guest. I paid for my ticket, got in, and just kind of walked the show floor. As I'm walking around from going from comic booth to, to comic booth, Grant, I'm not gonna lie, I spent a lot of money on com- like a lot. I, I'm, I'll tell you after the show because I'm a little too embarrassed to say it on the mic, but I spent um, a figure of money that you're probably not expecting me to say. <laughs> so um, a lot of money, but um, had just a great time just kind of looking at all these comic books. Obviously, a lot of Marvel stuff, a lot of the, the characters that we talk about on the show um, in book form and stuff that I'd been looking for that I was having trouble finding that I found a lot of. Anyway, what's really cool, and I know you're just now learning kind of about the comic book world a little bit, yeah. just from me and other people, but mm-hmm. um, there are like high value comics. So like most comics that you buy are like $4, $6, yeah. you know, $2, that kind of thing. There's dollar, uh, $1 comic uh, racks and stuff like that. <clears throat> but then they also have like comics that are like $800 or $1,200. That's and, crazy. Yeah. These are the ones that you've heard about on the news, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, some, some, you know, got some kid saved their random copy of some Stanley Jack Kirby comic from the 1960s, for, totally forgot about it. And now it's like 18, it's worth $1,800 or on the market or whatever. And um, anyways, there was this comic that I kept seeing at a lot of the booths um, called Werewolf by Night. And I, it's a, a comic book title I'd never heard of before. And I noticed it was the same issue. And like, it was number 32 of Werewolf by Night at every booth that I went to. And I was like, what is going on with this comic? I've never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. So finally, like at a, when I was paying for just, you know, a truckload of comics at this one booth, I was like, okay, you, you got to tell me what's the deal with Werewolf by Night number 32. I have no idea what this comic is. And, um, the the one the booth that I was talking to the guy and was pointing to it, he had a sticker on it, and that sticker said seven five zero zero seventy five hundred dollars, and I was like, why is that comic worth over seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars? And he said it's the first appearance, which that that's why all these comics are worth this much money because it's like the first appearance, the first time that. Deadpool was ever in a comic book. You know, okay. it's $3,000. The first time that Bane was ever in a comic book, you know, $2,000, mm-hmm. whatever. Th- this Werewolf by Night 32 is the first appearance of Moon Knight. Huh. So I, I did not know what he was from. Often You see this a lot where like the first appearance of Kamala Khan yeah. who, who is Miss Marvel is mm-hmm. not Miss Marvel number one. That's not the first appearance. Yeah. The first appearance of Kamala Khan is in Cap- Captain Marvel number 14 like volume five or whatever, yeah. number 14. So they'll introduce a new character if the reaction is good or they're kind of teasing it a little bit, just kind of trying to pencil her and see how she looks in the frame. They'll they'll actually make a full comic about her or maybe they were planning it all along, but they'll put mm-hmm. her in some other comic, random comic, number 14 in the series, right? Yeah. And then um, that comic, even though it's not a Miss Marvel comic, a Comic-Con uh, comic book becomes the valued comic. So like I've, I've, so you need to get you one. Well, yeah, there are hundreds of dollars. Like I, I found, um, a comic, a couple comic books at the con that I've been really searching for and I paid a lot of money for, but, um, yeah, the, like I'm a huge Miss Marvel fan. She's like a top three, like maybe my second favorite comic book character of all time. Like I would put like Miles Morales, then Kamala Khan, then the Batman really. Um, and so, and then Hope Summers is probably number four. But um, I love Kamala Khan. She's one of my favorite characters of all time. And I, 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 I own every copy of Miss Marvel, like the actual Kamala Khan Miss Marvel series. Mm-hmm. But I don't own these other comics that she's been in because they're literally like 
seven hundred, eight hundred dollars on eBay. I'm just like, I'm not spending eight hundred dollars on a comic <laughs> book. That's insane. So, um, anyways, I, it's not new news of the week, or whatever. But um, it, it, clearly, it's being so. The guy that was selling it said. So, so I said, this is this is because of Disney Plus, right? And he's like, yeah, Moon Knight's coming out. Everyone's super excited about it. Uh, so everyone, you know, this comic all, all of a sudden just skyrocketed in value. And I was like, well, how much was it worth before they announced Moon Knight was coming to Disney Plus? And he's like, oh, I, I probably couldn't have sold it for more than like 100 bucks. That's nuts. Think about that. So it went from like two months ago, it was $100. Today, it's $7,500. Same comic book. Nothing's changed about it. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So I think, you know, just like anything, I mean, it's, it really comes down to supply and demand. So, um, it's a rare comic. Almost nobody ever bought that comic. Like werewolf by night was not, I'm sure a popular, it's it's a comic book book series I've never heard of. So it was probably not even popular at the, at the time that it came out and it was introducing a character that no one had ever heard of because it was the first time that he was ever in a comic. So no one bought that comic. I mean, there's like, they probably sold like two or 3000 copies of it, like nationwide. So if you own, if you're one of the 3,000 people in this world that even owns a copy of that comic, and now there's like 10 million people that want a copy of it, now you have your math. You just do the math from there, and it's $7,500. Yeah, so, and you got to imagine that whoever bought that, if somebody did buy it, um, if the show's a success on Disney+, Plus, which a lot of the shows have been so far... Um, that value is just going to increase. Yeah. The, the other thing that, that this is not a comic book co- podcast, but we had Jerry McMullen on to talk about co- comics and stuff like that. And obviously we talk a lot about Marvel. We're going to talk about Marvel on this show. Um, the other thing that increases the value is it's uh, grade like the, yeah. the actual like numerical value. There's like a 10 point scale that they grade comics. And if it's in like perfect condition, it'll be like a 10 out of 10 or a nine out of 10 or something like that. Um, I just, I'm going to show Grant, this is not a visual podcast, but um, this is on eBay. Um, there is, as we're recording this, a Werewolf by Night, uh, number 32, is a 9.6 out of 10. So it's basically p- perfect quality, like right off the shelf in, you know, 1980, whatever, that this comic came out, uh, $40,000. $40,000. So... Yeah, people are excited about Moon Knight, and um, you know, first appearance of, of Moon, <laughs> Moon Knight will cost you a pretty penny. So, but I have no doubt that someone's going to pay that. Like, I mean, if yeah. you're if you're a millionaire, forty thousand is like no no big deal. So, if you own, if you're listening to this and you own a copy of Werewolf by Night number thirty two, I I was talking to one of the instructors that works at the college that I work at, and he thinks he has a copy of it. Now it may not be a nine point six, it may be a seven point five or whatever. But even that seven point five, he would like. I mean, it's going to give him thousands of dollars if yeah. he sells it. So he's he's going to go home and look for it. So anyway, people are very excited about Disney+. Plus. So people, go out and buy comic <laughs> books of every random character, and maybe they'll be worth something in 30 yeah. years. If it's a first appearance, there there's like a 1 out of 10 chance that it actually will be like worth a lot of money. And if you buy all 10 of them and, and you make like, you know, two grand on one of them, it's worth it. So yeah, yeah interesting. All right, well, let's uh, get to the topic at hand. Uh, like I said, we covered episode one already. We're just only covering episode two of um, What If today. And so What If episode two is um, the highly anticipated, I would say one of the most anticipated episodes, at least for me, uh, the T'Challa episode. It's actually T'Challa voiced by Pat- uh, Chadwick Boseman, which is amazing. Um, I had to look this up because you know time is like a circle right now. Chadwick died on August 28th, 
this month last year. So mm-hmm. coming up, and by the time you listen to this episode, depending on how long it takes you to get to it, it may literally be like the one-year anniversary of his death. So um, obviously, greatly missed, huge character in the MCU. Um, Black Panther, I think, to this day still has record, records, probably in the you know for, for Marvel movies, maybe only surpassed by Endgame or whatever. But um, you know, for like box office sales and stuff like that, it's such a huge movie. And then he tragically died, you know, later that, or I think a year later, or a couple of years later. And then, um, but we actually get this episode with Chadwick Boseman actually voicing the character T'Challa, mm-hmm. albeit in a different you know universe, different manner. But it, it's actually his voice. So um, obviously, it's an emotional experience. I think for a lot of MCU fans, um, you know, um, just hearing his voice again, you know, not just Chadwick, but him sounding like T'Challa again. It was it was just so cool. But um, I'll stop talking. What what's uh, where some of your kind of. Uh, intro high level thoughts on on the episode um well i would definitely say i am a lot higher on this episode than the uh first episode um it definitely takes you on a different journey um than the first episode where we talked about how you're basically just taking a trip down memory lane with just a little differences here and there of Captain America, the first Avenger. This one is not really a trip down memory lane. There's, I mean, I would say really the only scene that's a trip down memory lane is the opening scene. And that's pretty much like the opening scene of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the the characters in the show are, is a lot of Guardians 1. Yeah. And a little bit of Guardians 2, but... Um, it's you're right they're clearly not trying to go for like the same plot like it it diverges really fast yeah so um i think that was pleasing to me yeah the only part where i kind of diverge on it is i wasn't really a huge collector fan to begin with yeah so like to see him as kind of like the bad guy of the episode was kind of just like, eh, I'm okay with that part. I mean, I thought it was very humorous where Howard the Duck kind of becomes the tour guide. Dude, that was one of my favorite parts. For T'Challa. Yeah. And one of, honestly, the funniest parts was when the Ravagers first pick up T'Challa and they're just like, we were supposed to pick up Peter Quill. (laughs) Does this look like Peter Quill to you? And the guy's like, well, all humans look the same to me. Ugly. And that was one of my favorite parts. But, like, I mean, honestly, the collector and then their fight was okay, I guess. But, I mean, up until that point, I was... But I feel like I'm just not a big collector fan to begin with. Yeah. So that's kind of where the sourness of the episode came. Yeah, I'm I'm with with you on the collector. I I don't think he's a particularly interesting character. Um, I think Benicio del Toro's fine. I yeah. mean, as far as his acting, I just I don't think the character. It's it's a it's I think a weak um, villain for just the MCU in general. Yeah. Um, and obviously he's not. He he's really just kind of a. I don't want to say side character in the first movie. He's um, he's kind of a stop along the way in that story but like in this one like he is like the big bad like he's yeah. he's like the villain they have to dispose of at the, at the end of the 
episode. So it's it, it yeah. If if you weren't a fan of him from the movie, I don't think that's this show is gonna this episode is gonna change your mind. Yeah. and <laughs> so. I mean, the only interesting part of the collector is that Thanos is like henchmen. If you or are they called the children of Thanos. I don't, oh yeah, from Infinity War slash Endgame. I, the only interesting part about that is they now work for the collector oh yeah yeah and so what'd you think of thanos in the episode uh, i mean he's not as powerful as he was (laughs) in endgame infinity war um i i thought the the genocide comments like going back and forth about like yeah those were comical those were funny like Mm -hmm. i it was a um after watching the mad titan thanos in the, in the films yeah. and just how sinister and just pure evil he is like i mean is you know a lot of people say well thanos was hashtag thanos was right or whatever but like i mean i think for the most part you're talking to people that are like he's like the most menacing villain that they've ever had to face yeah and then to spin that on its head so like he's kind of a good guy like he's like fighting on the same side as the good guys in yeah. this and i was like wow that is a huge flip flip flop on that character but like he's still like thinking about doing it still like he's just like i'm telling you like it would be really good for the (laughs) universe like he's like really sold on this idea Mm -hmm. um i i really enjoyed the josh brolin moments it was yeah so i mean i think all that part is good and i think it's very interesting and i've read this in a couple articles just about how the positive impact that T'Challa had on the Ravagers. Yeah. To where they're almost like the good guys. Yeah, that's... For me, the first 10 minutes, the most striking difference was like, oh, like, Star-Lord's, like, running around with the Ravagers. Like, yeah. this is, uh, this is like, completely opposite of the movie. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't seen the first Guardians movie, basically it's... The beginning of the movie, you find Star-Lord just completely alone. Like, he's just, he's just running this thing solo. Uh, and then, like... T'Challa's line that he keeps repeating over and over again is a Ravager never flies solo. Like it's, it's literally the, the polar opposite of the Peter Quill version of of Star-Lord. And I love that. Like he was, he's like, we see flashbacks of young Peter Quill kind of growing up with the Ravagers and they are his family. But in this alternate universe, T'Challa is still family with like with the Ravagers. He only really becomes disenfranchised with them when he realizes he's been lied to by by Yondu that yeah. like that Wakanda was not truly destroyed, and then he starts to kind of you know distrust them a little bit. But yeah, no, it was neat to see them kind of run as this big gang. In fact, like I think the like I was I had, I had seen the opening credits and they they kind of spoil who's in it because you see like all the the credits yeah. at the beginning. So I was like, okay, we're going to see this character and this character and this character. You know, I saw Josh Brolin. I'm like, okay, we're going to get Thanos. Um, I wish they hadn't done that at the beginning. Cause I, I think the surprises would have meant more. But um, I, one, one thing I, as I was kind of seeing those names, I was like, Oh, so no, no rocket, no Groot. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, um, what's her face? Uh, Gamora. Gamora is not in it. Like no Drax. Yeah. Well, no Drax or is Drax. His, get short. Yeah, he's very short, very, a very limited role, but yeah, um, it, it's not the guardians. Like the, the, even though it's based on the guardians of the galaxy movie, this is not guardians at yeah. all. So, so, I mean, I guess that is kind of another like sad point about that. I mean, I kind of forgot about that. Cause I mean, I did watch this like five days ago, whenever it came out. Um, 
missing like because Rocket and Groot are two of my favorite characters from Guardians of the Galaxy. So it was kind of, and who knows, maybe we'll get them. I you figure you have to right? Like yeah, they're doing a lot of these episodes. Like surely we'll see them in something. Yeah. So I don't know, but. I mean, I would take a whole episode about just those two characters. Yeah, like it's literally the Rocket and Groot show. Mm-hmm. And so, but I definitely think it got better with episode two. I'm just kind of hoping yeah. that we didn't just see the best episode. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely have that fear too. It's uh, to me, it is better than the first episode. I liked the first episode quite a bit. Um, but it was um, the first episode from the, maybe it's just because it's animated. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I'm still kind of parsing my thoughts on it. But I, I was happy to see that this episode is more funny than the first episode. Yeah. Like I, I wanted more comedy and they brought it in this in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the very first scene with, you know, the twist where he's like, you know, you know, you know, you might you might know me by another name. And then the guy that is from the Guardians movies, like, oh, Star-Lord, Star I'm a huge fan of your work. And then they start fighting, but he's, like, complimenting him the whole time while they're yeah. fighting, which reminded me a lot of The Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, that was really funny. And then, you know, he does the classic comedy bit where he's like, you know, a rav- Ravager never fi- flies solo, and then no, no, nothing happens. I said, a Ravager never flies solo. And then Yondo finally sh- shows up at the at the last second. And then all the T'Challa stuff and the, the genocide stuff, and then Drax is the bartender, and he's being stupid, funny Drax. Yeah. And I was like, I was, I found myself laughing every couple minutes as I was watching this. I was like, okay, this is refreshing, like, compared to the first episode, which is very, very serious. Um I, I was like, I, I think I like this version of what if more than the serious ones that we're going to get. And I can guarantee you there will be episodes coming, maybe not episode three perhaps, but um, there will be episodes in the series that, of the episodes that remain that are not going to be as likable as this episode. Yeah. So um, I would say just like going ahead, I would say I most likely will enjoy the next one because the next one centers around loki i haven't seen what what is it um it's all about when loki comes to earth the first time oh the first time okay and it's just talking about how he was more like diplomatic being like sent by asgard down to earth okay and so i'm interested to see that just because um i enjoy loki and i I enjoy Thor. I don't know if we'll get Thor in this one, but I would say it'll be enjoyable. But I'm with you. I feel like there will be some ones where where we're just like, you know, I could have gone without this one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't felt that way yet. I, even episode one, I, I'm glad I watched it. I, I don't think I'll go back and... I'm mean, gonna go back and rewatch any of these episodes, to yeah. be honest. But episode one is definitely lower on the list, the rewatch list for than episode two so far. I'm very interested to see what end up being our our favorite episodes. I mean, we'll on the very last review episode of our show, we'll talk about like, oh, this was my favorite, this is my second favorite, this is my yeah. third favorite. But I, I think episode two could be up there for like a top three. Yeah. Um, by the end of the show, we'll see, we'll see what, what what else they have in store. But um, and I just feel like how you're going to rank this show for anybody that's watching what if because i feel like it'll all depend on how you feel about the character 
Yeah. Because there's so many debates about there, out there. Oh, Hulk's my favorite. Or no, I love. I'm so sentimental towards Captain America, but you can't forget about Spider Man. So I feel like there's so many arguments out there that you could talk to thousands of people and you'd get hundreds of different answers. Yeah. Because there's so many characters out there and everybody feels different about it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it you know, in the event that they do like a Hawkeye story that's like super serious but is a story I don't really care about, um that episode's going to be lower on my list, you know, like yeah. it's, it it does really come down to like who are some of your favorite characters and um you know, it's 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 more intriguing just to kind of literally ask the question, what if, you know, what would have this happened yep. differently or whatever? Um, I will say I'm glad after two episodes in a row of them, we talked about this on the last time that we covered what if uh, a week ago, but um, the first two episodes have had the, basically the same premise. Like what if this person became this superhero instead of the person, you know? Yeah. And uh, so they've done that twice now. So, um, you know, uh, Peggy Carter, became Captain America instead of Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, T'Challa became Star-Lord instead of Peter. Okay, cool. But like, let's not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, I'm, I'm excited that it sounds like to me that episode three is not going to be a, just a swap of bodies. Um, but it a- actually is going to be like, what if Loki just did this other thing and then went down a completely different path, but it's still, it's still Loki. Like it's not, yeah. you know, what if this other person was Loki or something like that? So um, so yeah, that, that'll be a nice change, but, um, I did think the, um, th- th- was the embers of Genesis something that was in the movies? I don't remember that phrase. I don't think so. I think that was something uh, they just created for this. Yeah. Um, let me look back on the article that I've pulled up about what they have to say about the embers. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the episode or or maybe don't remember whatever. Um, it, it's very simple. The Emperor's of Genesis is basically terraforming. So if you've seen Star Trek or whatever, like the idea of t- terraforming is that you can make a livable planet out of a non-livable planet. So it could take like, you know, a volcanic planet or, <clears throat> you know, a planet with no land or something like that and basically make it, you know, make lands, make the, you know, ashes and lava go away. Like it, it it's magic basically, but it, it basically makes the, the planet livable. And so it's obviously worth a lot and a lot of people would want to have it. It turns out that the collector of course has it in his possession. So the whole MacGuffin of the show that they're trying to get is we have to get the embers of Genesis and, um, and, and and the Ravagers are, you know, thieves. Like they're, you know, boy, I think one of the funniest lines in the show was where they were trying to convince Yondu like to go on this heist mission and he doesn't mm-hmm. want, he doesn't want to go. And he's like, he's like, come on, man. He's like, these, you know, the mission that we're talking about, that's bigger than what, what we do. We just steal from the rich and give it to the poor. You know, just like that folk hero on your planet, Robin Leach. <laughs> yeah. Who's hosted the show lifestyles of the rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Charles like Robin hood, <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of these, the ravagers are kind of like these Robin hood characters of, of space. And, and so he doesn't want to go on the mission, but they end up obviously, you know, conning him into it. And then there's like some double crossing stuff that happens with Nebula, which we haven't even talked about her yet. Um, looks like the embers of Genesis is a subtle reference to the X-Men. Oh, interesting. There is an actual character named Genesis who possesses the power of chloro 
pyrokinesis, an ability to manipulate plant life. Oh. She was introduced in 2020's X of Swords event, an ancient mutant who is the wife of Apocalypse and the mother of his children, the first horseman. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds like it's a newer character then. Yeah. 2020. And then looks like it came out in 1975 as well. Oh, okay. Um, and giant size X-Men. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, it looks like where they get the embers of Genesis is X-Men. Yeah. That's that's kind of exciting. Um, yeah, the, the embers are basically like this... Um, it, it looks like it looks like a uh, like a luminescent seed. It's like a like a piece of light that like kind of floats through the, through the air, uh, kind of like a you know like a very light seed or something like yeah. that. And um, I thought it was cool how they actually use it as like a weapon at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, is it is it Nebula? Yeah, because Nebula is holding the the embers. I think. Yeah. She like lets loose like it's like four of them, and they're really tiny. And she you know it's like fewer than 1% of what of the flask wherever that she's holding but like just a few of them go into the mouth of um the collector right yep and like or no it's 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 this like giant beast that they're fighting oh yeah it was the yeah cuz the the collector that, gets like imprisoned at the end yeah that hulk type yeah it's like this yeah he's kind of like an abomination and just kind of like a really big yeah. dude and um that's how they they're having trouble defeating him and so like he they're like here eat this whatever <clears throat> they feed him basically this and then like his body they don't show it but like his body basically explodes into like plants like like uh, vines that like yeah. branch out they end up like riding some of the vines out to the spaceship in a you know very flashy action scene but um yeah it's it's a it's kind of, it was a cool like the embers of genesis i thought was like a really cool idea to just come up with and insert into the show something new, something that we hadn't seen before in the movies that's unique yeah. to this universe. So, um, yeah, that was cool. Um, I want to talk about Howard. I, the, the Howard, the duck thing was a big surprise. I, I, I did not see that coming. Um, if you had asked me a month ago, do you think we'll ever see, do you think we'll see Howard the duck in any of the, the, what if shorts or whatever? I would say absolutely not. So like that that character is not. He's barely even canon. Like from the MCU movies, I know he's been in, in like I think both of the Guardians movies. Yeah. He's he's background. He says he has like two lines maybe at the end of the first one or whatever it is, and he's just not a character. I mean, I, I don't even know that they've named him. Like everyone knows his name is Howard, but um, he's just like this. It's more of like an Easter egg kind of character, and he's like he's kind of central to the plot for about two minutes in this yeah. show. It's the most they've ever used Howard the duck in anything. We know that this is Canon Marvel. Like the, even though it's a, what if alternate universe, the MCU is like, no, this is MCU Canon. Like it's just an alternate, you know, uh, universe. It's not the universe that we know and love, but like, so this is like the most we've ever gotten as far as Canon for okay. like for the Howard, the duck in the MCU. And it, he shows up in what if, which I think is a perfect, perfect place to put him. Um, just because he's such a mythical, weird character in in just the Marvel comics in general, and to insert him into what if is like absolutely perfect. I, I can't think of a better place to put him than this. When he, when it, when I realized that we were going to get more than just five seconds of him, and he's actually going to like 
like T'Challa like breaks him out of his little pr- you know prison cell that he's mm-hmm. in, and then like he's like show me how to get out of here or whatever, and like he takes him down. They're talking the whole way. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're getting like scenes with Howard the Duck, and then um he, they stop at this bar and like Howard's like, hey, I gotta stop for a drink. He's like, and T'Challa's like, all right, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, just like ditches him. I was like, that was great. That was such a a surprise and like what a cool thing that like Chadwick Boseman got to shoot. I mean, you know, do the audio mm-hmm. <laughs> with Howard the Duck in um, in this episode. So yeah, um, what do you think of Nebula's look? She's got blonde hair. Yeah, in this one that that was interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm okay with the character of Nebula. Yeah, um, it's never been a huge character where I'm just like, oh, I can't go without seeing Nebula in one of these movies. But, I mean, I was okay getting her. Um, She's more central to things yeah. here. And I'd, I would say one of the bigger surprises is usually when you get Nebula, you get Gamora, and Gamora was nowhere to be found. Yeah, yeah. They must be saving her for another episode. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm thinking, like, you know, Rocket and Groot, like, we'll probably see Gamora with them or something. I, I, we have to we don't have to see every character. Like, I don't know that we'll even get like Captain Marvel and stuff yeah. like that. But, um, you have to think that gosh, Gamora has been in enough movies. Like we have to see her at some point. Yeah. I mean, we got Peggy, like Peggy was a main character in the I, first episode. I mean, from the pictures I've seen on IMDB that go with the episodes, like once again, I'll say, I don't know if IMDB's right. IMDB's right, but I mean, they've been right about the last two episodes. So, it looks like we're going to get a Loki episode next week. And then along the line, looks like we're going to get a Thor episode. So I'm guessing no Thor in this episode coming mm. up because yeah, yeah. Thor's gain his own. And then it looks like at some point we're going to get a Spider-Man episode and then a Doctor Strange episode and then an Avengers zombie episode. Oh, interesting. Dude, That's there's a big... Uh, story backing for that in the comics i i've not read any of them but there's like marvel zombies is like an actual series that they did for yeah a while so it looks like we're gonna get that one as well and that's five more episodes so then there's one other one that not really sure what we're going to get so but i would guess if you're going off of characters i just mentioned it's gonna be a mainline character Probably Iron Man, I would say. That's really the only one. Because, I mean, we already got um, Chris Evans, or not Chris Evans, Captain America. And so I would say Iron Man probably has one coming along, but who knows? It's got to be Robert Downey, right? Yeah. Would they do that character not voiced by Robert? No. (laughs) So that'll be interesting to hear him again. Yeah, so... Um, nine episodes, so we have seven more to go, and I don't know. I'm intrigued. I the the show is obviously the the gimmick of the show really is about um just tickling your fancy about you know what if this happened instead of that. Yeah. But um, I think it's the strongest when we get some funny takes on characters that we already know, like um. I don't know his name, but it's it's the guy that finds Peter Quill at the very beginning of the Car- Guardians movie. He's got that real thick accent. Uh, Craig. His name is Craig. Uh, oh, what is it? Kragen? I don't know. 
I think that's his name. He's a he's a minor character, but he's a character you would immediately re- recognize just for his voice. Like it's very distinct. Craglin. Craglin. Okay. Um, so in the movies, he's kind of a serious character. Yeah. But in this one, he's almost comic relief. Like he's almost every time he says something, it's funny. Mm-hmm. So I like I really liked him being like the jokester. Like yeah. in this episode, it was very different for his character. So it, it was really fun. But um, going back to the Nebula, I. The uh, double cross thing. So like she, you think that she's turning on the group at one point because mm-hmm. she, she turns in T'Challa, Star Lord, to the collector and says, "Hey, I'm just paying off a debt. Sorry, no hard feelings. I'm out of here." And she leaves, but then immediately like saves the rest of her friends, the Ravager friends, and yeah. then it turns out to be a triple cross. And so she's like paying off a debt, but then also like you know being there to save her friends as well. It obviously you know gets out. Uh, with uh, at the end of the heist with all of them and i thought that was cool like she became in the movies she's really always this kind of background character side character she's mm-hmm. a henchman really for for thanos for a lot of it and stuff like that and um doesn't really get a chance to like really shine as a hero you know for the most part in the movies and in this one she's like she's kind of like the biggest hero during the heist like she's the one that's like really like pulling strings and making things happen yeah, so. I would say the first thing that I thought about when uh, all that was happening was the scene in Black Widow where you assume that their mom is like betraying them and everything, but then there's like a deeper plan. So that's kind of what I thought the first time I saw that. Oh, yeah. Nebula's turning on them. Okay. And then turns out she's helping them out. So. Um, I, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop on Thanos too. I was like, okay, we're going to see him go bad. And like, yeah. but the, by the end of the episode, he's still a good guy. Like I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's kind so of I mean, like we talked about on the first episode, this is boils down to fan lore and yeah. it's all for the fans. So do we need to see Thanos as a bad guy? Not really. I mean, we've already seen all that. So, I mean, I think it boils down to, yes, this is better than episode one, but um, I would not be shocked if these this whole series doesn't score that well. Yeah, it's not going to. I. But, I mean, I don't really think Disney really cares because this is for the fans. Yeah. Not for the critics. I think it's so fan servicey. You're absolutely right that I don't I don't see any of the scores being lower than like seven out of ten or something yeah. like that <clears throat> because it is very appealing to fans uh, and even comic book fans. Like, um, so the the dog that has the Cosmo, com- Cosmo, like he's a big character, big. He's somewhat big in the comics, um, but he's always been like this. Again, very Easter eggy. He put him in the same compartment as Howard the Duck. Yeah. Well, in this one, like they ended up taking Cosmo with them in the in the ship that you know the spaceship to get to get out at the end. And I was like, that's cool. Like if you know Cosmo from the comics, like he shows up here in What F two. So um, yeah, that was cool. And then like uh, little other references, like uh, during the big fight scene with the Collector, he puts on Hela's helmet mm-hmm. um and then starts throwing like throwing daggers out of nothing yeah. i'm like cool like that's that's neat like there were definitely a lot of easter eggs in this episode yeah yeah it's it's very fan servicey but i think it's knowing that it's not we're not like episode three isn't going to be more ravagers it's, they're just 
here's 35 minutes. Have fun. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> We're not, not going to do any more in this universe. Like, Yeah, I just don't think, which we talked about this on episode one, I don't think there's really going to be any connection from episode to episode. Yeah, I, I think these are legitimately, I think they legitimately could just all be different universes. Like yep. universe 533 is what we got this time. And then universe 1396 is going to be ne- next episode. Like it's, they're all not connected at all in any way. Now they could surprise us and at the end they're like, okay, these two episodes were from the same universe or whatever. But I don't know that any of that is really going to matter. Like it's what we, what we're getting in the future is almost certainly going to be firmly planted in the MCU that we know. Um, yeah. And at the very least, I think what we do is get a convergence. So multiple uh, multiverses coming together to, to join us in the MCU. But I don't know that they're necessarily coming from these universes. I, th- I think it's literally just the watcher telling us his tales, um, yeah. some of his favorite stories. So yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It's just really, really fun. And that's why I don't think it'll get super low scores, but it's also not going to be the highest scores either because I think fans are definitely getting the sense that none of this matters. So yeah, and I mean, it boils down to like we've talked about in the past. Um, it's just kind of like giving us time before the next big Marvel show. Yeah. Um, one other little Easter egg thing that I I caught. I'm assuming they did this on purpose. Um, I didn't look up to see if anyone had, had caught it the same way, but um. T'Challa is like locked up in this like test tube kind of glass thing. And when, when the collector turns his back on him, he breaks out by taking the claws on his necklace and he puts them in between his fingers and basically comes up with like a claw, like a black Panther claw hand, Mm -hmm. and then like smashes the glass with like this black Panther kind of punch. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like he's not the black Panther in this, this universe, but he has that one moment where he looks like the black Panther. And I just had to smile at that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so the end of the episode is um, Peter. We get to see Peter Quill. Yeah. And his dad, because it's ego, right? Ego. Yep. Um, Kurt Russell. And he says something like, um, "You know, c- come with me. I've, you know, got plans or something like that. Whatever." And his eyes light up. I I don't know what the point of those little like after it's not after, even after the credits but like it feels like an after credit scene is if we're never going to get any payoff from that yeah. but it is just kind of a fun little thing that like kurt russell got to say a couple lines in the yeah. episode and that's probably all we're gonna ever hear from him but um i after i saw that i was like will we get a peter quill episode but it sounds like probably not yeah who knows <laughs> so maybe season two i don't know if there is a season two um yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think they could. I, I, I almost wonder if they don't wait a couple of years for that. They have so much coming out. But um, And then the very last thing on the screen as far as like, you know, visuals is um, just a homage to Chadwick, which I thought yeah. I, I was expecting it and I was glad yeah, that, that, sure. that I, I saw it. But um, yeah, so it just says dedicated to our friend, our inspiration and our hero, Chadwick Boseman. So I thought that was really great. Um, I want to end with a question there's um there's a girl in the episode that keeps popping up and she becomes like kind of, she kills one of the bad guys at one point and like kind of gets like some hero moments and stuff like that and I was like I have no idea who this girl is um I, I had to look her up it's Karina is her name and she all I could find out find out about her is that she's like a very minuscule character and she 
in the movies, she quickly dies because she like she grabbed. I think she's like a servant of the the collector. I think. Yeah. And she's like, talking the pink girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the movie, she grabs the stone, whatever yep. stone they grab, and she just immediately like disintegrates or whatever. And, and but in this episode, she's almost like. Now she's not a main character, but she's she's not even named. But there's like these winks and nods, and she becomes like central to like the fight and stuff like that. Yeah. Like them getting out, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand what the big deal was about her because I, I I literally could not even have yeah. told you who she was from the movie. Um, did you wonder about that? Did you read up anything on that? I remembered her from the movies, but I yeah. kind of told you the name of the person. But I remember her being like a servant girl of the collector. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really strange. Like mm-hmm. to, you know, people who haven't seen, I haven't seen the first movie in a while. People who have, I mean, I've seen it a couple times, but people who have only seen it once when it first came out, <clears throat> I can't expect, I, I wouldn't expect any of those people to even remember yeah. this character at all. So I thought that was kind of a weird inclusion, but I'm sure it's special for some people out there. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so... All right. Well, I, I think that wraps it up on what if uh, we'll in two episodes, two weeks from now, we'll uh, come back and, and talk about episodes three and four together. These are clearly just like we did today. These are clearly like 30 minute discussions. So um, I think we'll I'll probably just do an hour on, you know, two episodes in a row, but not for a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll give it some time for these episodes to come out and then cover three and four. Um Next week, we'll talk, talk, talk about what we're going to do next week, but uh, towards the end of the show, but we're uh, not doing any what if on the next episode. Um, all right. Uh, we'd like to do what else are you watching on Disney Plus? Um, over the last week, have you had a chance to pull um, up We've watched a couple more episodes of Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. But other than that, um, not too much. We started going back to school. So. That uh, kind of has kind of squeezed some of our time. So not a ton of watching on Disney Plus. Um, kind of a spoiler of what we're going to talk about on what's coming out next on Disney Plus is I'm excited because on Wednesday they're releasing the final five uh Behind the attractions episodes. Oh wow! Because they are—they had already released five. Now they're yeah. doing ten total. So and wow, I want to say I read somewhere that uh, Rise of the Resistance yes. is going to be on that. Oh, that's so awesome! I'm very intrigued if that's true because oh. I definitely want to watch that one. That would be great. I'm so jealous that you guys got to do that. That's that's yeah, it's uh, so cool. I I uh, again the the same guy that I was talking about the instructor at 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 the college they work at uh, also has has done Rise of the Resistance this summer, um, and he just went on and on about the ATATs and just everything. So yeah, I, I want to ride that ride so bad. But um, honestly, for now, I'll, I'll take the behind the attraction. I think that would be fascinating to watch. Um, cool. Yeah, I I still have not watched anything. Uh, no, that's not true. I I did watch. Um, What's the second episode? Uh, Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I, I watched the Haunted Mansion episode. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, it wasn't quite as interesting to me as the Jungle Cruise one, but I think that's mainly just because the movie was out. Um, but uh, I did find it very fascinating how they constructed that thing. Yeah, it's so cool how they brought in like um, they had like several people, like at least two guys working on it at the same time, and I'm not even sure that they knew that the other person was yeah. <laughs> also working on the ride at the same time. But um, like. 
um, Walt liked to do that where he'd like, he would assign two people on the same ride, like on the same project. Yeah. And one guy would be taking it very seriously. I'm like, I'm going to make like the scariest thing people have ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy's like, Oh, I'm just gonna make this the funniest thing people have ever seen. And how they incorporated both of their ideas for the same ride, which ex- totally explains certain sections of it. So, um, yeah, I really, I'm, I'm going to watch all of them. They're very interesting yeah. to see how these things came about. Uh, kind of sad that Walt never got to actually see it fully realized. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that I always come back to. And, think that that's pretty crazy that he didn't get to enjoy it but well um, it just sat dormant like it was like there was like a fence a cage they were interviewing yeah. people that were like oh i remember being a kid and being like when is this thing this ride yeah. gonna open but it sat like that for like <clears throat> years like five six seven years yeah, whatever it was it's crazy and um they kind of forgot about it for a while yeah and they centered on pirates and then came back to it yeah without um i don't know it's it's fascinating for me and I don't know. I mean, I would assume eventually I'll watch all of them, Yeah. but it'll just come down to having the time to watch them. Yeah. They're, they're not like the longest things ever, but they are like in excess of 40 minutes. So it's not like a, you know, quick, like watch a 20 minute episode or something is they're double that length, but so it's kind of one of those things where we have other TV shows yeah, where there's actually like live TV that we like to watch. Sure. Sports so and other it, things. So it's kind of like, I'd rather watch those than these, but I mean, I, I love Disney too. So I would imagine eventually I'll watch them all. I'm in a documentary mood this year for whatever reason. I've, I watched more documentaries this year than like the last five put together. I'm going to talk about a documentary actually here in a little bit, um, something I watched. But um, yeah, I, I will definitely watch all the behind the the attraction episodes. If you've ever been, even one time, been to Disneyland or Disney World, I, I think you'll be fascinated by the behind yeah. the attractions episodes. That I really can't speak highly enough about those. Um, anything else? Nope. You, that's you watch? it. Um, I have a little bit of a list. I'll, I'll try okay. to go as fast. I'm going to do a lot of talking. I'm going to try to go as fast as I can. Uh, I actually normally don't have this kind of time, but mainly because I went to Kansas City <laughs> this past weekend and stayed longer than I expected to. That's a whole story uh, in and of itself. But um, I had a lot of time to watch stuff. So uh, I watched the rest of Short Circuit Season 1, okay. the, the Pixar shorts, uh, and all of Season 2, which, you know, they're, they're four minutes apiece. There's... I think only five episodes in the second season. So, I mean, it's not too terribly time consuming. Uh, season two is better than season one. So if okay. you, if you watch, if you're listening to this, you watch season one and we're like, eh, wasn't that impressed. I, I think there's definitely some gems in season one, but there are also some duds. And mm-hmm. in season two of the five episodes, I, I, I thought there was only one dud. Like the, the other four are like all really stellar. Okay. So, um, in season two, um, there's an episode called crosswalk about a guy that has to build up the courage to cross, cross the street when it's saying stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't walk, but there's no cars coming. So like, he's like, it <clears throat> basically has to come up with the gumption to break the rules. And so it's about like breaking the rules, but having the confidence to do it. Um, there's another episode called going home, which is probably my favorite one that I watched from either season. Um, it's about, you will actually appreciate this, Grant. Um, it's about going home. So for you, Sioux Falls. Yeah. <clears throat> and how every time you go home, it's different. The town has changed. Mm-hmm. The people have changed. The That store, your favorite you know, coffee shop is now... Something a, you else. You know, yeah. like a CrossFit or something like that. Yeah. It's like completely different. And how like 
even your parents get older every time you go home Mm -hmm. and one day your parents are just not going to be there. And so uh, it's about the passage of time and how things just change, you know, when you're not looking. So I I, I found that to be very meaningful. Um, An episode called number two to Kettering, which is about how a smile and a happy disposition can be contagious to people around you. Um, And uh, yeah, I think this other one was from episode one, or season one, but uh, it was called Hair Jitsu. It's about, a, this actually spoke to me as a father of a, a five-year-old, but it's about a girl's, a young girl's first haircut. And okay. she's like really terrified of it. When she goes in there in typical Pixar fashion, she um, has to uh, fight these um, ninjas, whatever, that are like trying to cut her hair. And she, it's, it's, it's symbolic about like how she doesn't want to get the haircut. And, yeah. and like her hair does the fighting for her. It's very, very unique, um, very, very fun. Um, Interesting. So, and then once I finished Short Circuit, you know how Disney Plus will come up and say like, hey, because you watched this, you should also check this yeah. out. There's a Pixar short called Inner Workings, um, I-N-N-E-R, Inner Workings, um, that was the Pixar short that aired before Moana. Did you did you see Moana in theaters? Yes. Okay. Or, no. I saw it when it came out on DVD. Okay. Did, they, did, the, did the DVDs include the... The short? I want to say it did, but I mean, I can't tell you. You have to probably click on it to, yeah. s- to watch it. Um, I never saw Moana in theaters, and I've never seen it on anything other than streaming services. Okay. <clears throat> the, so I had never seen this. Like, Inner Workings came out in 2016 when Moana mm-hmm. came out, but because I never saw it in theaters, I never got to watch it. Yeah. So it recommended Inner Workings. It was the best thing I watched of everything. It was better than all the Short Circuit okay. episodes. Yeah. Um, it is basically, think... Um, I know you haven't. You probably still haven't seen Inside Out, but Inside Out is about um, emotions and like mm-hmm. like the in, the emotions that take place. It, it anthropomorphizes the emotions inside of your yeah. head into like characters. This does the same thing. They're not speaking characters, but um, it, but it does this with like the, your actual organs and nervous system. So um, okay. it's a it's a guy that's walking through, but like the brain is one character, the heart is another character, the lungs are another character, the stomach is, is another character, mm-hmm. uh, the bladder is even in there as well. Okay. And it's about how all the, they all want different things and it's literally pulling this guy different directions all at the same time. Yeah. And um, it's, it, but the, the shorts also, it's five minutes, it's also about risk taking, uh, breaking out of the routine, fighting the mundane. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really funny, it's got a great soundtrack. And it's great. It's it's honestly one of the best shorts I've ever seen um, from Pixar. Interesting. So, um, it was really good. Inner workings. If you've not seen it, uh, do yourself a favor. Take five minutes and watch that. It's really really good. Yeah. And then uh, I watched Monsters of Earth, uh, Monsters at Work episode eight, Little Monsters. It's I think it's one of the lower uh, rated ones in my mind. Okay. Um, I, I found episode seven to actually be much better um, with the abominable snowman, but. Um, but yeah, Little Monsters is, is pretty good as well. Um, the one I really want to talk about, Grant, and you need to watch this because I think you would absolutely love it. Stuntman. Stuntman. It is phenomenal. Okay. The, this is, so one of my, one of my favorite documentaries of, of all time um, is the one about the um, rock climber. Mm-hmm. Um, I always forget the name of it, but it, uh, it's a National Geographic thing about, oh, it's Free Solo. Yeah. Uh, Free Solo is absolutely incredible. It's breathtaking to watch. I got 
I still like Free Solo slightly better because I think the storytelling is better. Okay. I think there's more to talk about with Free Solo than there is Stuntman, but it gave me the same feels as Free Solo. If you've seen Free Solo and you're looking for something else that's kind of in that same vein, you absolutely owe it to yourself to watch Stuntman. Um, it's breathtaking and okay. um, absolutely crazy what this what this guy does. It an hour, Okay, so... I, I think I erroneously called this like a documentary about Evil Knievel. I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not about Evil Knievel. It's about Eddie Braun, who is okay. a modern day, like I think he's still doing stunts in like Avengers movies and stuff mm-hmm. now. Um, he's 50 something years old. He was when he did the stunt. The first 20 minutes of it is about just stuntmen in general, like doing from uh, stuff for movies. Yeah. And they show some of the stunts that he's done. Dude, it's insane. Like he you've seen these in movies, but like it's actually a human being doing them. He'll, they will, they'll say, okay, drive down this highway, like this mountain road or whatever. And when, when you're ready, push the red button in the car mm-hmm. and that will detonate a bomb in the trunk. <laughs> Think about that. A bomb, like a literal yeah. bomb in the trunk blows up and that's going to send your car like flipping. Like there were some shots where they, they showed him like on fire. There were other shots where they showed him, inside of a car and there's like a camera inside the car and you're literally watching the car crumble around his head. He's wow. wearing, he's wearing a helmet, but like, yeah. I mean, he's still getting like, you can see his neck, like being whipped around like a rag, rag doll. I mean, he, there's so many different ways this guy could have died doing stunts. And, um, he talks about the, the risk, but also the thrill of it, mm-hmm. or exhilaration, you know? Um, but the, the meat of it, the, that's the first 25 minutes. The last hour is all about literally him doing, performing this one stunt. So back in the, this is where Evil Knievel is related. So back in the 1960s, no, okay. 70s, 1970s, uh, Evil Knievel, one of his last stunts, he tried to jump the, oh, what was it called? It's a, it's in Twin Falls, Idaho, but it's not called that. It's 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 this cavern thing. It's it, it mm-hmm. looks like the Grand Canyon, but yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of his most famous things. Like it was highly televised. It was on lunch boxes. It's, it was a big deal in the '70s. But he was going to jump this thing in a rocket. So Evil Knievel g- gets into this rocket in the 1970s, and the the whole big thing is that he's going to jump this 1,700 foot. It's like a quarter mile across. Yeah. It's massive. You see pictures of it. You're like, how? That's insane. He's going to jump this quarter mile wide cavern uh, over to the other side in a rocket. The rocket it's pitched to be to go basically almost straight up. It's like 85 degrees up mm-hmm. and go into the air. And the parachute. It's he's going to fly for a while. It's steam. It's a steam powered th- explosion. He's going to go over about halfway over the ca- canyon and then deploy a parachute and then you know sa- sail safely to the other side and land. Okay. Well. It malfunctions. It's not his fault, but the way it was manufactured, they messed up, and the the parachute deploys almost almost immediately after he leaves the the ascent. Unfortunately, and so that immediately slows slows him down, and he doesn't make it. He the the rocket ends up falling into the canyon. Mm-hmm. canyon. He survives. He's alive. Whatever. But he did, he messed up, and he didn't make it. So it's considered one of his biggest failures. Yeah. When the stuntman Eddie Braun was like a kid watching that on live television, and to him, like Eddie Braun was like a superhero, like mm-hmm. it, it was that was Captain America to him. Yeah. And so, um, he like you know it's like this kid, every kid's dream, but like his dream is like I want to do that, like someday I want to do mm-hmm. what the the Daredevil kind of stuff that he did. 
And so that's how he got into stunt work. He started doing stunt work for movies and stuff like that. But in the back of his brain, it's like, I always want to do this. I, I would lo- I want, want to know if I could actually pull this off. So now he's like 50 years old or whatever. And he gets all of his stunt buddies, like stuntmen. St- the stuntmen are in Hollywood are like this like club. <laughs> like yeah. They all know each other. And they're all be- best friends. And okay. they, all, they all have each other's back. And so he gets all of them together. And they think they're going to get it done in like a year or whatever. It takes like three and a half years for him to actually pull it off because at first Fox was involved and they said, we'll pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. we want our, our name on it, but then they backed out and they're like, we're not, we canceled it because they, they did like a, they did this, which it's insane. Like this literally could kill a man, but they, before they put a human in it, they just do a test run and it doesn't even go off. Like the explosion fails. And hmm. once Fox sees that, we're like, okay, we're out. Like yeah. this, this, you guys can't pull this off. And then um, from there it goes to TBS mm-hmm. and TBS is going to get the rights to it. And then they cancel. It's an insane. Like how many roadblocks they hit. Then he goes to like um, F1 racing. Like he's, he's like trying to get sponsors and stuff like that. And they're all saying no, no, no. Like nobody wants their, their brand, <laughs> their brand name on the side of a rocket as, as the world watches this guy die. Yeah. Right. Like, so like it's a huge risk. Right. And there goes my company. Yeah. <laughs> So eventually, I think what what they said in the documentary is he basically pays for it himself. Like he just took his life savings and just poured it into it, and then literally says goodbye to his family. He's like, he he has one son and three daughters. He's like, he looks at his son. He's like, he's like, if I don't come back from this stunt, um, if mm-hmm. I'm, you know, you're living your the rest of your life without me in the family, I want you to walk your sisters down the aisle like someday. Like he's like saying goodbye to his family, and that's where it's very similar to Free Solo and. Um, goes and obviously pulls it off and it's this really exhilarating moment at the end. Uh, It's such a great in-depth look into just the, um, you have to, there's a, a, I think God makes certain people, probably mostly male, but also female, to to be just this kind of daredevil, free solo, um, you know, stuntman of, of doing the impossible and it's all about, it's because it's impossible that they want to do it. Mm-hmm. The rest of us would run and say, no, I like my life. I want to live a long life. I don't want to die at the age of 50 doing something stupid. But there are other people out there that are like, no, that is the, t- the, that is the time that I need to step in to do the impossible and to prove that we are more than what we are. And to watch him like be so devoted to this and his family like being terrified for his life, but also like backing him up and all these other statements and saying, going to the Canyon saying like, we're probably going to watch our best friend die yeah. in the next five minutes. And, but still going through with it because they know if they're not there that he's more likely to die. It's, it's, it's a fascinating look at this kind of lifestyle. And um, so, yeah, I, I've talked long enough about it. If you're intrigued by anything that I've said, uh, watch it. It's like hour and 24 minutes. It's not even like a full length, you know, feature film. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really good. So it came out, came out in 2018. Um, and the stunt, he's tried to do the stunt in 2014, which is the 40th anniversary from 1974, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but then couldn't actually pull it off until 2016 or 17 or something like that. It was like, Interesting. Long. so, um, this, this literally just got this. He did. I mean, it's a spoiler, but you knew it was going to happen. He does complete what evil can evil could not do. And the guy that, the the guy the uh, 1970s um, like rocket scientist basically that created the craft uh, that failed his son ends up creating the craft for Eddie Braun 
Interesting. And, yeah, and basically completes so his father's legacy. Comes full circle. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a really emotional, thrilling uh, journey to go on, and it's definitely a side of humanity that you just don't see ever uh, unless you work in around Hollywood or whatever. So uh, definitely uh, recommend that one. It's called Stuntman. So if you have Disney Plus, you have access to it. Um. All right. I think that's about it for. Uh, oh, we need to do what's coming up on Disney Plus. I almost forgot about. One of my favorite segments. Um, so we are in August. And Grant, I never remember to pull this up. <laughs> It'll be August 25th and August 27th. Okay. Um, all right. So here's what's coming out uh, for Wednesday. Uh, Disney Gallery, Star Wars, The Mandalorian. Ooh, making of the season two finale. Oh, I'm totally watching this. I didn't know this was coming out. More documentaries. Yes. Making of the season two finale. Um, can we spoil the season two finale yet? I guess people have had enough time to watch it. Came out almost a year ago. I'm gonna spoil it. Sorry Go if you haven't, sorry if you haven't watched Mandalorian season two, but um, the behind the scenes look at the making of this celebrated chapter of the Mandalorian with a focus on the technology used for recreating Luke Skywalker. So cool, man! I cannot wait to see how they did this. Um, they worked with Mark Hamill you know, modern day Mark, Mark Hamill to come up with um, the audio for it and uh, just how they pulled it off. Uh, boy, I'm totally watching that. Um, I can't, can't wait for that. So that's, that's coming on. I didn't even know that was coming. Um, what if episode three? Um, obviously there's, you know, we've talked about rumors for, for what that's going to be. It sounds like Loki. Um, behind the attraction, episode six to 10. Um, uh, Grant already talked about that. So the new episodes are going to be um, Disneyland Hotel, which... I don't know if I'll watch that one. Yeah. That, that's kind of crazy that they're doing a whole episode about that. Uh, trains, trams, and monorails. I'm the monorail interests me because the monorail is like a, like a um like the physics of it. I think is really fascinating. Yeah. Like how how they even pulled that off, especially like in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know about the train. I, I might kind of skip around, but the monorail I will definitely be interested in. Uh, it's a small small world. Okay, I, <laughs> I might skim through that one too. Uh, castles. I'll, I'll probably watch that just because the construction of it, I think it'll be kind of interesting. Uh, and then hall of presidents. So they're not doing, Star I Wars? guess no star Wars. That might be coming later. Yeah. It does say episodes six through 10. So, I mean, that's doesn't preclude them from doing, you know, 11 through 15 next, but, um, yeah, these, these not as interesting as the first five, I guess, but, uh, there's a couple, couple interesting ones. I mean, it makes sense why they're releasing these rides together. Or yeah, they all kind of fit. Oh yeah, you're right. There is kind of a theme with them. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, Monsters at Work episode nine, Bad Hair Day. Um, when he loses the sacred hair of David, a former employee, Tyler must get it back before the Miff team finds out. That might that might be kind of interesting. Uh, Turner and Hooch episode six, the Fugitive. Uh, still not going to watch that. Um, Chip and Dale Park Life episode five. Skip it. The Wonderful wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, episodes 19 and 20, just two episodes. I guess they're just releasing a couple episodes of a time, at a time of, the, of that show. Uh, Caesar Milan, Better Human, Better Dog, uh, a couple episodes of that. Uh, Dr. K's Exotic Animal, because we can't go a week without having some kind of um, vet or zoo worker. Uh, <laughs> this is an exotic animal hospital that this person works at, so uh, more, okay. of them, more of that. Uh, Gigantosaurus, which actually Jordan will be very excited about season two. Uh, she loves this 
this show. I, I don't know what the appeal of it is. It's it's a clearly made for preschool kids, but um, it's just a, a dinosaur uh, animated CGI animated show, uh, Gigantosaurus. Uh, Wicked Tuna season two, uh, 10, uh, 12 episodes are, are coming out of that. So that's it for Wednesday. Uh, the big thing this week, I mean, I, you could argue some of the, I, I'm very excited about the making of <laughs> the Mandalorian finale, but um, you you would argue probably that the biggest thing that's coming out this week is Cruella. So um, it's been three months since Cruella. It's hard to believe it's been that long already. The summer has flown by. Um, but, uh, if you've been waiting on Disney plus premiere to expire on Cruella, didn't want to pay the 20 bucks or whatever. Uh, don't blame you. Uh, Cruella is now out for free as of this Friday. Uh, if you're listening to it, uh, the same week we're recording. So that's the big one on Friday. Um, Disney Prince princess remixed an ultimate princess celebration. I'm going to read this cause I'm interested after the title narrated by 12 year old social media star, I'm not going to try to pronounce that name. The half hour special will celebrate the empowering attributes of Disney princesses and Queens through reimagined performances of their iconic songs. Okay. So it's basically like a remix of the music from some of the (laughs) princess movies. Interesting. Uh, a move movie I'm going to say called underdog. Yep. Have you seen this? Nope. A watchdog watchdog gets exposed to a substance that endows him with superpowers. (laughs) <laughs> he is adopted by a 12 year old boy and uses his powers to protect the city from the evil Simon Bars bar sinister. <laughs> oh, that made my night, man. That's great. It's literally like, um, I talked about this on like the top, top 10 worst movies, whatever, but the, um, the buddies, yep. spy, spooky buddies, spy buddies, whatever, uh, movies. It's basically that it's, it's a superhero. He's literally, Underdog is um, literally wearing a cape, and um, was this a this was a cartoon, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I recognize the name. It's just like this is like a. Um, oh yeah, I remember Underdog. D- that's not a Disney show, is it? I don't know. Is is it based on that? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure I, this out. I'm sure. Um, it says Underdog starred on Saturday morning TV on NBC and CBS. Okay. I If it's based on that, then Disney like paid somebody to have the rights to it. Yeah, probably. Interesting. It does kind of look like it's the same suit. Yeah, it's definitely based on the, that that Saturday morning series. I used to watch like the reruns of it when I was <laughs> a kid. Um, no, it's, it's literally the, the, white, the red suit with a white letter U and a blue cape uh, in the, the... So back to Phil's childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's no way I'm watching that, but that's very intriguing that they like did a remake of that show <laughs> um, as a like a live action movie. Uh, another movie, uh, Dan in Real Life. Um, this is um, uh, Stephen Carell. Yeah. Um, movie. I've not seen that movie, but I might check that one out just because I like Stephen Carell so much. Uh, and that's it for August. We'll be in September the next time we talk about what's coming up. So, okay. Um, some of the big highlights, obviously Cruella. If you've not seen Cruella, uh, especially for free, there's no reason not to watch that movie. I think it's a really fun ride. I did like it slightly better than Grant did, but um, I, I thought it was really great. And uh, Emma Stone just absolutely shines in that. But um, uh, the other Emma, her name is Thompson. <laughs> Emma Thompson is almost steals the show. Uh, for me, she's really, really fantastic as the villain. 
<clears throat> so I uh, highly recommend that. Watch the movie and then go back and, and listen to our review that we did. We, wa- we watched it like the day it came out in theaters. So um, we have a, I thought a pretty thorough review yeah, of that for movie. sure. So go back and, and listen to that episode. And then uh, might recommend, um, I think Monsters at Work is, is still worth watching. Uh, the Disney Gallery, Star Wars, The Mandalorian episode, I think will be really good. Um, and uh, those are kind of the, the biggest highlights. So unless you have kids. Yeah. Uh, Grant, I've been talking for like the last 15 minutes solid. Do you have anything to add for this episode? Um, (laughs) just that next week we are going back to the classic vault and yeah, this was not one of the original Disney properties. Um, I'm pretty sure they picked it up from Fox or one of the studios they bought, but, um, I know my parents really liked this movie and I would say... I haven't watched this movie all the way through in a while, but I definitely really do like this movie because I'm a huge fan of Robin Williams, and I think this is probably one of his best movies that he has, and that is Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, hello! (laughs) So I am excited that we are reviewing Mrs. Doubtfire next week. Yeah, this this movie just recently came to Disney Plus. Yep. Um, like within like the last two weeks or so. Yeah, definitely within the last month, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's it's a recent ad. Uh, you're absolutely right. Came out in 1993 as a 20th Century Fox uh, movie, so it's owned by Disney now, but did not originate as a Disney movie. Yep. Um, boy, if you've not seen this film, you really do need to watch it. I I, I have not seen it in a while, and I'm very excited to go back yeah. and watch it. Uh, this is kind of like the Jumanji era of mm-hmm. Robin Williams. Um, very, very funny. Um, I'm interested to know how it holds up in like the <laughs> political climate that we're, we're yeah. in now. I don't think this movie would be made in the same way. Um, yeah, probably not. Now as it did back then. But um, I bet it's still very, very funny. Uh, I miss Robin Williams dearly. dearly. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Robin on the next episode. Um, for me, like this is this is clearly a top five, I, mm-hmm. especially if you're just limiting him to the comedic roles and not yep. some of the more serious roles that he did. I think this is easily a top five um, movie for Robin Williams. So I would agree with that. It's a, it's a big get for Disney plus. And uh, honestly, I think we, if we're t- covering some of the biggest films on the service, <clears throat> I think we'd be remiss to skip this one. Oh so. yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's probably not one of those films that, I mean, I believe it's rated PG-13, if I remember correctly. So it's not exactly one of those like super kid-friendly movies. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like this, like we've already talked about, is one of the best movies that Robin Williams did in his career. Um, to put it in perspective as far as like what they were expecting to probably make on the movie uh, <clears throat> versus what they actually made, the budget for the movie was only $25 million. They shot wow. the, the movie for 25 That is crazy. Uh, just in the box office at theaters, it made 441 mil. It was almost a half a yep. billion dollars. They spent $25 million on it. So this thing was a runaway hit. I remember when it came out, like you could not find someone who had not seen the movie. Like It, yeah. was, it was a huge, huge... Um, holiday release it was like uh, november of Mm -hmm. of 93 so um but yeah i mean everyone was seeing it over christmas break and it it was a huge huge movie so um yeah i that's what we're going to center on on for next week we'll obviously do our other segments we'll cover some news and 
um, you know, what's coming up on Disney Plus, what else have you been watching? But yeah, the big the big review for next week is going to be Mrs. Doubtfire. So if you've not seen this in a while, I'm I'm super excited about going back to watch it. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch it with us. Enjoy some nostalgia and some laughs. And uh, we'll come back and, and just uh, give us a, an honest 2021 review. I'm sure there's some stuff that doesn't hold up. I'm sure there's other stuff that's just cl- still classic. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, I am very excited for this one too. Cool. Well, that is what we're doing next week on the show. Uh, If you're listening to this and want to let us know what you want to hear about on the podcast or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney Plus, you can email us. Uh, The the email address for that is DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. That's P-L-U-S spelled out. So DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. That link will be in the show notes. If you um, have your phone, just tap on that and send us an email. Um, Otherwise, we will talk to you next week for Mrs. Doubtfire. Talk to you then.